This is the Aftermarket Radio Network. Hey everybody, Carm Capriato, Remarkable Results Radio, talk radio for the automotive aftermarket. Good to have you here. I got a great show for you, a scan tool show. Let me introduce my panel. We did this a year ago, guys, and you guys were all part last year, I do believe, in this really cool uh, first ever attempted, Scott, at Vision, where you said, hey, come on, let's talk about scan tools. Yep. Yes, sir. Yeah. So we're going to do it again, part two here at Vision that's coming up. Vision, February 29th, March 3rd, 2024. I think this thing is almost sold out. May not necessarily be individual classes, but uh, one hell of a turnout so far. And uh, I'll be there with our podcast studio. Hope to see all of you there. And we want to go back with uh, Justin Morgan from LMV Bavarian. I always screw that up, but I got it right today. Technical support trainer and also an AES Wave ambassador. Tanner Brands here, Auto Dyad Clinic. A mobile technology specialist. How cool is that? Thank you. And Scott Shotton is here from the Drivability Guys. Scott, you brought this thing together last year. You have it again this year. Why should people get into the, hey, we want to talk about scan tools class? I don't want to repeat what I said last year, but I'm going to repeat a little bit. And that is trainers get asked questions a lot and they almost always get the same question, which scan tool should I buy? And it's usually at the end of class. And there's... One answer is all of them, but it's not very practical to buy all of them unless you're Keith Perkins. Just to drop a name. Well, he's also one of the trainers in the group. He's going to be a part of the panel, so that's why I dropped. So who's all going to be there? Basically the same as last year for the most part. It's going to be myself and the two gentlemen in this room, Tanner Brandt and Justin Morgan. And then we're also going to have Keith Perkins, Sean Tipping, and we may have a surprise guest who is familiar to your listeners. Let's just leave it at that. Might have an additional one showing up. He might just show up. He made bail. Remember, if you're in your living in the service aftermarket, then Apex is the expo for you. Continue listening and we'll bring you the latest from Apex 2024. Save the date, November 5th through the 7th, 2024. Hey, let's face it. Your shop management system is the most critical tool in your shop. And Napa Tracks will move your shop into the SMS fast lane with on-site training, six days a week support, and local representation. Find Napa Tracks on the web at N-A-P-A-T-R-A-C-S dot com. The great thing about you guys is you're all friends. You all have the same passion, the same mission in life to help people just to get them all in a room. I stopped in, Tanner, last year while you were doing your thing. I just loved the engagement. There was, I don't think there was a person that wasn't listening to all you guys. So I think this is a great idea. Thank you for doing it again. What should we know about this year? Anything different? Well, last year we kind of... I don't want to say it was last minute, but we did kind of throw it together on short notice. And I had mentioned before that I initially was going to try and tackle this subject by myself, but I realized I didn't have every scan tool, but I realized I knew a lot of colleagues that have some tools that I don't. So between the panel that we put together, there probably isn't a scan tool that we can't answer a question about. That's one of the reasons I put it together this way. Last year, we kind of talked about each scan tool. Each person took a scan tool and we discussed pros and cons. Like if I cover tool XYZ, pros and cons, what I thought, then everyone else in the panel could chime in with they had pros or cons that I missed. And then the audience or the attendees could ask questions and we would go from there and then we would switch to the next tool. And we spent, what is a three-hour class? So we spent about 20-ish minutes, I think, on each tool. This year, I think we're going to do the basically the same format, but I want to try and do a mini case study highlighting a pro of that tool. So instead of just us up there talking and showing pictures of the tools, show a couple screens of, you know, hey, this is how this tool performs this 
particular task extremely well. Not super technical, but, you know, a little bit just to get some points across. Last year, we did it on Saturday morning. This year, it's on Thursday afternoon. So after the attendees come to class, just like last year, they have time to go to the trade show and visit the vendors and ask any additional questions about the tools that we talked about and decide if they want to purchase or not. It's up to them. Tanner, somebody picks up the phone or email and says, hey, Tanner, I need to buy a scan tool. Do you hesitate to recommend or do you have to go through the litany of like detective questions? What do you need it for, et cetera, et cetera? It's always a matter of asking them, you know, what their plan is, looking to use it for what car lines they work on. Are they looking for something graphing? Are they looking for something with programming capabilities or coding capabilities? And I guess I should cover that of, do they want a J2534 device? Most of the scandals don't do programming, but might come with a device that does do programming. So kind of figuring out what they need, what they're trying to accomplish. Budget is too, is always a big thing. You know, it always comes up to of what tool dealers may come to them, franchise dealers, and then knowing that obviously everyone is friends with the tool dealer, but sometimes the what they're peddling might not be the best option for the shop, but that's what they have to sell. So kind of working through that too and figuring out what they want with doing that as respectfully as we can, working through it that way. Respectfully as we can. Good way to say it, Tanner. Thank you. <laughs> wow. Are you a politician? Yeah, sometimes I definitely like have to be, I guess, in that situation. I mean, it's always really tough with you try to, I guess, handle all situations with kid gloves. There's certainly some companies that support the industry. So one of the things that I'm going to point out here real quick that we're going to cover in this class is there's scan tool companies that last year gave us stuff to give away in class. And then we pointed out to attendees are also at Vision and maybe the vice president of the company is there or even the CEO of the company and there's engineers there and they're looking for feedback on uh, what people like, what people dislike, what people need or want. And then there's other companies that are not in attendance at all and have no desire, I guess I would say, to be in attendance. So looking at the tool companies that are willing to help, willing to but I don't want to say partake in training, willing to help with these classes and give as much as they get, or sometimes in, in some cases give more than what they get back in return. Sometimes they get nothing out of it and they're just trying to help. So there's certainly, you know, take that into consideration while you're at Vision, look around, come to the class, learn about what scan tools are, might be good for you, beneficial for you, but then walk around the trade show and also look and see who's there, who's not there. And that kind of can help you make a judgment call on companies that you might want to be involved with or not involved with. Tanner, don't forget that when we're promoting them, giving feedback, constructive feedback. Just I cannot stand something specific that it doesn't do so we can maybe get it fixed. That's personal yeah. pet Perfect example. We had a, a scan tool we covered last year in class. Um, the scan tool has since been pulled. The company went a different direction with the project that they were working on. That tool had been available for a long time, but they didn't get feedback from the users. So they didn't know like where the scan tool stood in the market and they didn't really have a market direction. As they started to work through that with me and others, they kind of went, okay, maybe there's not a need for this anymore and we should just shift our focus to other projects. And that's why that tool is no longer available. But that tool had been available for a really, really long time. Nobody provided feedback to them or nobody provided good feedback to them for the last 10 years. And because of that, you know, we ended up seeing something go away and that company kind of lost out on a lot of money, I guess I would say, over a long period of time because of not ever receiving feedback. And sometimes this company is not guilty of this, but sometimes companies are guilty of if they get feedback too, it's everyone else's problem but their own and that doesn't help either. So that's part of the deal with 
doing this class is, you know, hey, we know this scandal does us really well. We've worked with this company. They're willing to make changes. And then, hey, this, you know, scandal might do this particular thing real well, but doesn't do this other thing real well. And, you know, you, you can talk to them as much as you want about that. They may or may not be interested. Justin, as a technical support person who would probably be on the phone or through the Internet working with people, you've got to know almost every one of these tools. I know that you work specifically for BMW, but do you get frustrated to the point where people are trying to do things that they don't have the right tooling for? That's a constant battle. But I mean, that's no different than what Tanner and Scott deal with on a daily basis. Mobile guys, typically, I would say probably 50% of their job is going into a situation where the original shop that was working on the vehicle wasn't tooled past a certain point. So they had just enough tool to be dangerous. Luckily, I don't run into it as much as they do because our guys normally learn pretty quickly. Like if we're going to specialize, that's your word of the day, specialize, that you actually have to invest in specializing. You can't just put it on the business card and expect everybody to buy it. So I'm kind of lucky in that regard, but I still have to deal with a multitude of tools. So pretty much everything that's on the market. Just last week, I think I remoted into six different brands of tools, not even counting the factory tool. So it's kind of one of those situations where if they have it in their hands and I can remote into it with TeamViewer or log me in or whatever, then I'll jump in. There's certainly more info that I can see directly by being accessed into the tool than word of mouth. Oh, well, you know, I don't see that PID. Well, I may have said PID was titled this and scan tool manufacturer XYZ may have changed the verbiage slightly, right? Instead of being, you know, fuel trim, it might say air-fuel ratio, or instead of saying air-fuel ratio, it may say equivalence ratio. Those are all the same thing. They're just different terms. So instead of getting that model, I just sometimes just remote in. It's just easier to cut out the the middleman. The remote part that you bring up is very important too, and we'll talk about that in class as well. If you're thinking about buying a tool, I mean, it'd be nice to have one that that someone such as Justin can remote into when you need to make that tech call. Because I'm sure there's some scan tools. If I'm using my tech two. Justin can't remote into it. If he's a tech to win, you could, but you're not dealing with GMs, you're dealing with BMW. But still, yeah. just certain tools, if they're PC-based, for sure, you're probably golden. But it's something to think about when you're uh, planning a scan tool purchase. The remote access is nice, not just for tech support, like a professional tech support, because the word of the year is networking, right? Because that's the one thing we always talk about when we go to these shows is the point of networking. There's plenty of times where we brain trust with each other. If I get stuck on something tough and I call Tanner or I call Scott, they may say, well, hey, let me remote in and take a peek real quick. You know, so it's not just professional to client. It can also be peer-to-peer networking, looking at a problem. It's also nice because TeamViewer runs on virtually any cell phone. If you're a foreman in a busy shop, there's no rule that says that you can't go work on another car while something else over in the corner is programming or coding or whatever, you know, long special adaptation procedure. And I can monitor it while I've got my head underneath the dash on the second car, just leave my cell phone there on the floor to look at. So, I mean, there's some advantages to having the ability to remote into the tool outside of just professional tech support. If you went to Apex 2023, then you realize the incredible commitment that Apex has to the service professional shop owner, technician, and service advisor. Joe's Garage is your place to hang out with 10 working bays and real live working conditions. 
Also, the best tech companies, from tools and repair to management software, had their latest and greatest on display and demonstrated for you. You also attended technical and business management training with the industry's best and brightest trainers, coaches, and teachers. Work is underway to make next year's Apex 2024 have even more product demos, trending training, marketing, and social media support to help you grow your career, sales, and profits. Remember, if you earn your living in the service aftermarket, then Apex is the expo for you. Continue listening, and we'll bring you the latest from Apex 2024. Save the date, November 5th through the 7th, 2024. Let's face it, your shop management system is the single most important tool in your shop, period. Napatrax was built from the ground up to make your business more profitable and efficient. We provide an extensive set of tools to increase and track profitability in real time. Napatrax offers the industry's best post-sale support, hands down, and we train your people on-site. Yep, on-site. And we offer remote refresher training 10 times a week, and customer support is open six days a week. Give us a call, visit the website, or join our Facebook community today to learn more. We'll prove to you that Trax is the single best shop management system in the business. Napa Trax is always customized and tailored for you, whether you're a one-man shop or a large multi-bay or multi-location company. After all, it's your shop, so it's your choice. Visit us on the web at Napatrax, that's N-A-P-A-T-R-A-C-S dot com. So question, guys, I'm ready to buy my second, my third, or my fourth scan tool because I'm a hoarder, or I found out that you need more than one or two. This is the perfect class to go to. What is good about a tool and what might not be so great about a tool that you thought was. So particularly in Justin's case, uh, there's a tool we're going to cover in class that is fantastic and is like probably one of our favorite tools amongst the group of us. However, there is some programming capabilities in said tool, which most scandals don't have programming capabilities, but this tool has programming capabilities for a few European makes. However, maybe even though it has that, it should not be used because Justin does nothing all day, some days, other than fix things that this tool might have screwed up because either it does things outside of what somebody might understand the capabilities of, or it does things incorrectly sort of that cause problems and then Justin has to go and fix with factory tools. So there's like some stuff that we're going to cover that go, this tool's great for XYZ thing. You may be considering purchasing it because you saw it does this thing. Don't do it. Even if you buy it for that, don't use it for that because you're going to cause yourself problems. So there's also going to be some stuff that we're going to cover for various different tools like that of, hey, you can do this, but maybe you shouldn't do that. Also talking about some different things. Scott has a Subaru in particular that he's going to talk about, some capabilities that a tool has. That same tool has some capabilities that you can definitely push buttons until you get yourself in a corner and the car no longer starts. So certainly do some stuff, you know, do some damage too with some of the tools as well. And being aware of what to do and what not to do is something we'll go over. So as mobile guys ever walk into a place, Justin, you're technical support. So you're sitting in an office. Do you get out? Occasionally. I mean, they do let me out of the office. Oh, that's good. If he ever takes more than like a day off, maybe he'll drive 45 minutes and come over and hang out with me, but he's always on the road. So you know, we only see each other when we're 2,000 miles That away. mirror has two sides there, buddy. I agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> the road goes north and south, east and west. My point was, is I've heard from so many people, owner says, wow, I've 
kind of heard about this. The guys were asking me, buy it off the good buddy, the tool truck. I got a couple of years to pay for it. And a mobile uh, technology specialist goes into the place and they look and they see that they have the tool that actually do the job, everything about it. But there's been no training. There's been no embrace of it. Where in this industry can I go out and buy this really neat new cool tool and get eight, 10, 16 hours worth of training on? So I do do a little bit of house calls, as I call them. I know Tanner and Scott right now are, they're just, I can see the counter in their head of the number of times that they've walked into a shop that has the tool that they're about to pull out of their van to use to fix this problem. Yes, And then you're like, damn, I can't pull that tool out now because then they're going to know. I also know that the two of them are very good about if the technician at that shop wants to learn, they'll spend a few minutes with them trying to show them what that tool will do. But that's a real deal. That happens a lot where... I've had guys that have had ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars tied up in one tool and not realize a quarter of its potential. Yeah, I was gonna say they're using like ten percent of it. Yeah. Yeah. I one hundred percent could double my income, no problem. I didn't tell half my shops capabilities of their tools. I know more of what the shops have for tooling normally than what they do. I pay a lot of attention when I'm in the shop to look around and see what they have. And for whatever reason, there's certain things I can remember really well. I cannot remember names at all unless I'm at an automotive event. I can remember scan tools in shops really well. When a shop calls me and they're like, hey, I need you to do this. I'm like, you have a launch or you have an autel or whatever this shop may have. And they're like, yeah, I go, all right, that tool does this. I'm just going to tell you where to go. And they're like, oh, I can do this. I'm like, yeah. And they're like, then they get done. They're like, you could have just driven out here and made like $200. I'm like, yeah, but you have the tool. So I'm no point in me coming out there as much as I would like to take your money, but I get a hundred percent. If I was a better businessman, I could double my income. But if I just continually take their money and don't teach them, then the industry doesn't get anywhere. So sometimes it's worth me. I feel better about just telling them to do something like that versus me going there. Old Chrysler modules is a good example. Old Chrysler Dodge Jeep modules, like 2000 to 2005. Most of that stuff is you put a used PCM in it and you write the VIN. You can do that with like any tool, all the Toyota modules, all the way up to like current. You can most PCMs, you write the VIN in it with any scan tool and you jump pin four and 13 for 30 minutes and it syncs the immobilizer system. So they don't need anything other than a scan tool to do it. And would I love to go over there and make the money? Yeah. And if it's a brand new shop that I don't know and they've never spent any money, then obviously, yeah. Sometimes because I don't know, A, what they have, and also they've never spent money with me. So I'll just go over there and do it. But if it's somebody that's, you know, a lot of money with me and been with me six years, when they call, I'm just going to tell them, you already have this tool, just go do it. I'll stay on the phone while you try to figure it out. See, that's the advantage of this class. And last year when Scott reached out, that was one of the things that I was really excited to be able to do was you have tons of people that have tools. And we had some in class last year that they came to class because they wanted to ask about one or two specific cases. Will this tool do this on this BMW? Will this tool do this on this Subaru? And we're able to answer those questions before they invest in the tool. Because I mean, if they're asking that kind of question, typically they're seeing a lot of those cars. And so that it works out really well. Because sometimes it's hard to find information about a tool before you invest. You can watch all the videos, all the reviews, you know, you can contact a manufacturer that may or may not yield anything. But to sit down with somebody that uses the tool 8, 10, 20 hours a week and uses it on, you know, 10, 20, 30 car lines, 
we're going to have a lot of information and then you have a direct path to us during the class to be able to say, hey, will it do exactly this on exactly this car? And I want to cover too one thing. You already asked this car, but I'm going to bring it back up because Justin was just talking about it. Learning does a tool do something and getting the training in it. And part of that is picking where you buy the tool so that you can get training. And then also like even if the company doesn't provide training on said tool, they may be able to tell you. So I'm going to throw AES Wave out there, for example. If you buy a tool through AES Wave and you're like, where do I get training on this and how do I get training? They're going to tell you about going to Vision. They're going to tell you about going to um, what would be used to be ASTE, now ASTA or something like that. Or, you know, any of the training events where if you buy through a franchise dealer, let's say they may go, yeah, here's the tool. I don't. I mean, that's where I see it, the, I guess, the most is most of the time when a tool comes through a franchise dealer and they're like, yeah, this tool's really great. It does X, Y, Z thing. And really, it may or may not. They haven't been trained on it, but then they also don't know of any training to send them to. And buying through like a big box store or online, for example, you have literally no support and nobody to call to ask about getting training. So considering, you know, where you're buying stuff, are they connected to the industry? Are they going to be able to point you to training so that then you can find out you know, prior to buying, does this tool do X, Y, Z thing that I need it to do that I think it does that maybe somebody told me it does and I should find out before I spend the money on it. Agreed. Absolutely. Tanner is spot on. So there's been, and I know Scott and Tanner have done the same thing. We sometimes get phone calls or messages from AES Wave asking what training is available in our specific region because a customer is asking, if I do this or if I buy this, where can I get training? So they may call Scott and say, hey, Scott, who who in the Chicago land is doing a class that will relate to this? And we can give that feedback. And then obviously it gets to the end user customer. So definitely Tanner is hinting around there, but pick and choose where you're buying your tools. There are good deals to be had online through online vendors. But your level of support is garbage. And we talked about it last year. I'm sure we'll talk about it again this year. There's some pitfalls when you start shopping at some of your big online retailers. There's some serious pitfalls there, but we'll discuss that in class. That can We've seen many, many people bit by where they bought their tool. Not the tool they bought, but where they bought it. Yeah. And having support is a good thing. I always like to tell the story of uh, a lot of us will remember uh, the late Harvey Chan, and I had bought a, this is back when I first got my Pico, and this was a self-inflicted problem. So that's why I like telling the story. I had hooked it up to a TV, and I had a TV set up on my scope cart, which later ended up being okay. But at the time, we didn't know what was causing it. I hooked an amp clamp up to it, and the amp clamp was getting interference from the TV, and I could move it towards the screen and away from the screen. And I'd get this really weird waveform, and it wouldn't stay zeroed and stuff, and so I called, I got it through AES Wave and I called back there and they're like, we're going to have somebody call you. And next thing I know, Harvey called me and he's like, what did you do? That's I have Harvey. no idea. I picked it up. And he's like, okay, well, what's it doing? And I explained to him and he's like, what are you using for a screen? And I'm like, a TV. And he's like, you're dumb. And he's like, that's where our issue is. So then we had to figure out, I switched, there was a different lead that we put on the amp clamp that fixed it that was better shielded so I could still use the TV, but it was totally self-inflicted. And had I bought from anybody else, I wouldn't have gotten that phone call. I would have literally not known for probably, it would have taken me weeks to figure out what was actually causing it. And so, yeah, that's the big thing with support. Scott, you should carve out some time at the end of this seminar for these kinds of crazy stories. 
probably some people out there saying, yeah, me too, been there and done that, or prevent you from doing something is, yeah, because what's your experience comes from making all these mistakes. Yeah, we're going to go from tool to tool to tool. I'm sure some of that's going to be peppered throughout the presentation, pretty much, because someone will have a goofy story about whatever tool XYZ we're talking about at that moment in time. They'll have a crazy story, either a really good one or a really goofy one. Don't make this mistake. Don't hook up leads this way. I'm sure that'll happen. I don't know if we need to carve out separate time at the end because we're pressed for time anyway. With it only being three hours, and if we're covering six-ish tools in three hours, that's be tough. But I'm sure there'll be some playful banter. Let's put it that way. That's what all the time at the Sheridan at night's for is sharing more stories. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There will. That's the best part, I guess, about Vision. That's if you're. I'd love you to come to our class, but if nothing else, while you're at Vision, make sure that you hang out in the lobby and look around, pay attention to who's around you and talk to as many people as you can. I guess everyone always laughs or has picked on me for being the networking person going and asking people about, you know, who they are, what they do, just make as many introductions as you can while you're there and don't stay in your hotel room. Uh, Even if you're at a different hotel, make sure you stay in the lobby and, you know, at least until you can. And I don't know if I should blame any of you for having kept Tracy up that whole entire Saturday night. Hmm. Justin stopped smiling because I think it could have been you. You know, I come down at four o'clock in the morning to catch the airplane. And, and I think, Justin, I think you were there. And I said, Trace, she goes, I don't know, Dad, didn't get to bed. These guys are crazy. <laughs> yeah, for the record, that's 100% Matt's fault. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, I love the way you guys throw blame on each other. Yeah, it's Matt. It was Craig. It was, you know, I'll just throw everybody under the bus on that one. Let me go back to the whole training thing, guys. I've got this brand new scope, spent a lot of money on it. Hands-on, the best, most effective. Can I learn anything virtually? I've trained a bunch of different ways before. Virtual, hands-on, classroom style, uh, just about any way you could think of it. I think hands-on is probably the best, but it's one of the hardest to do because of logistics, you know, getting the vehicles, getting, you know, that kind of stuff. But it can be very productive. You just have to stay focused. Kind of like a, like a Matt and I have done the Pico class hands-on at Vision last few years, and uh, we're doing it again this year. But that takes some work and some equipment, and the class size is limited because we can only handle so many people at a time. But that's a great way to learn. Virtually is probably my least favorite, but mainly because there's no real interaction. You got this little thing on the side of the screen right now, you know, that we can type things back and forth, or if this was a class, people could respond and ask questions. But You don't get to see the person's response. When you ask a question, you don't get to see their facial expression or pause. You can pause longer in a class and let people think. When you're virtual, if I ask you guys a question, say, hey, what's X, Y, Z? Yeah, nobody's going (laughs) to. You're hoping for an answer. Right? And and I'm not hearing any attendees back in my, well, I mean, I hear you guys. But you know what I mean? My opinion is virtual is one of the harder ones. Doesn't mean it doesn't work. I prefer live face-to-face training myself as a trainer and as a trainee when I attend classes and hands-on is always good too. I guess I would say pluses and minuses to both. So one of the things particularly since you asked about scopes that I think about, obviously uh, a while back we'd done a lot of stuff with the train by text thing for YouTube videos so that people could go on and learn specific scope tests. And we really did that so that people would start to get an understanding of how to set up the scope, how to use the scope. We never, I guess, had a point to get people to know where to do said tests with the scope. So one of the things that I've learned, I guess, over time of having the mobile business 
helping shops and then also doing training is sometimes people watch the stuff online and they can make the scope do whatever they need, but they don't actually understand what they're looking at or what they're supposed to be seeing because they may not have gone to a class. So it's good to go online and learn how to use all the functions in the scope and then go to a in-person class and know, okay, this is why I'm performing this test. In-cylinder testing is, I guess, one of the things that I'll kind of single out. That became like the new in thing, I don't know, four or five years ago. That was what everybody was teaching. So all of a sudden, everybody and their brother was like, oh, look, I can take this in cylinder capture. And we'd be like, okay, that's cool. But like, why are you there? Why are we doing this now? And they hadn't performed the test they needed to get to that point. And a lot of times, well, I guess one time in particular, I was in a class and somebody was asking, uh, it was a case study about a single cylinder misfire. And this is an in-person class. And they went through everything of how they got to this point. And then the student was like, okay, well, why are we in cylinder here? And he was completely lost as to of how we had gotten to that point and why the test was being performed. So the instructor was able to back up, start from the first test and go, this is why we're performing this test first, then this, then this, and this is why it pointed us in this direction. So where online they've learned to use the tool and use the functions, but they may not have the knowledge to back it up and they don't have somebody to ask in person. They get left behind, frankly, and the trainer can't see their face and realize that they're lost. Right. So in person, hands-on gives them the ability to ask those questions and start to understand, okay, this is why I'm performing the test. This is the diagnostic process of it. Maybe I've been performing tests with a scope that I necessarily, you know, don't necessarily need Matt is a perfect example. We talk about all the time. Matt's like one of the Pico gurus and probably he jokes about using it less than anybody else because you learn that there's other things that you do first that might get you to a better answer. One of the things he and I talk about all the time is when in-cylinder testing was becoming a big thing that for me, I was on a helping company with borescopes that were articulating and we were bringing them from the medical world into automotive. And before you stuck an in-cylinder pressure transducer in with a scope, you stuck the borescope down in the cylinder and looked because you already had the spark plug out, and that took two seconds. And if you didn't find anything, then you could continue with your pressure transducer. But 99% of the time, you would find the problem with the borescope as soon as you stuck it down in there and have visual confirmation. You're like, okay, there's no point in doing the rest of the testing. So getting that understanding, that comes from being in-person, and whether that be a hands-on or just an in-person class, to be able to learn the steps that you should take and why you should take. The why is really the big reason behind it. So Justin, if I buy a scope and I pick up the phone because I just love your support and say, hey, would you spend four hours over the next, you know, so many days with my people, even if, even virtually? Because in this way, if you're, if you're with somebody virtually, you can still see their, if they're lost or not instead of in a, in a big virtual classroom. Would you do it? Yeah, absolutely. So in fact, I've actually done virtual Pico classes. It's just like Tanner mentioned. It's not so much using the scope on a car. It is more operation of the tool and the interface, kind of. It's one thing to try to learn what the buttons do and what this does and why we have that feature and that feature. And then it's another to try to explain or instruct a specific test on a car. So that's where the challenge comes. I don't mind virtual training at all. I don't care if we have to do it over the phone and I like mail you pictures. You know, as long as you're 
trying to learn something, we'll do whatever. And we do that. There's a fair amount of training that gets done in the process of a tech support call. Um, it's very similar to what Scott and Tanner do when they're on site. Like I said, if, if the person on the other end of the phone isn't just looking for the end result, they want to know how we're getting there, you know, 15, 20, 30 minutes extra, it makes all the difference in the world. But yeah, absolutely. And we did, even in the great virtual era of COVID, I did Pico 6 and it was, you know, the basics of Pico 6. It was, you know, how to change channels, how to change probes, you know, what time, what voltage is, the actual physical operation of the UI and less hooking the scope directly to a car because that's where it starts to get difficult virtually. It's not impossible, but that is difficult. That kind of thing is much more well-received whenever you do it in person. So yeah, like, like a, said, a hybrid version, depending on what you're doing, could be interesting. And I'll use Pico as an example. If there was a way to make a class like the one you just talked about, the buttonology, let's call it, of yep. Pico or whatever, if they could take a virtual class, like a prerequisite, and then show up to a face-to-face hands-on class and have that stuff out of the way, then they would have more time on the cars to actually perform the tests. I can see that being a, something very positive, but yep. hard to do because how do you make sure, like if I told everyone that's attending my class at Vision for the Pico, mine and Matt's, sorry, if I told them, hey, you got to watch this video, how many are going to watch it and how would I track it? You know, I can't keep people out and say, ah, oh, you didn't watch the video, so you're staying out of the class. It does take some legwork to prove those prerequisites, but we've done that before. Okay, um, okay. Where we do kind of that two part. The first part is, you know, distance or is, I'll say virtual, even if it's a rewatch, and then complete the training, the advanced portions, if you will, in person. There is some legwork that goes, and it depends on how. It's easier to do it if it's a live virtual, because then you can just go back and look at the recording and see who was there. The other thing, too, is is on the prerequisite thing, if you're requiring them to go to A before they can go to B, you can definitely, if you're doing them in person, obviously, if they don't have their certificate that they can send you back, then, you know, they're, they're nicks. But that, that is possible. It, it's some legwork involved with doing it, but. It was just a thought that popped into my head. I haven't tried it yet. It was just a thought. Yeah, it's, you almost need an assistant to handle the extra work. Luckily, I am gifted with one. Look, this was a great, great episode again, Scott. Thank you for this. I think uh, we may have set up a couple of things here. I got to get to Vision. I got to get, or I'm going to Vision, but I didn't sign up for this class. And you should. Is there a specific name of it that we can look for? Which scan tool should I buy? Which scan tool should I buy? Oh, perfect. It's not sold out yet, is it? It's close. I feel like that's one of those classes that Sherry just kind of makes the attendance level at the end. She's like, oh yeah, sure. We can take. 10 more. And then the next thing you know, there's 200 people staring at you. It was a full packed room last year. You guys were out walking the crowd. I loved it. You guys are really into it. And I think there was an awful lot of great learning going on. Buttonology. I wrote that down. That is a cool word. Does it exist in the dictionary, Scott? I don't know if it exists in the dictionary, but uh, I think a lot of our uh, colleagues, the people in this room have used it before. Yeah. That, that's kind of a Giving away trade secrets there, Scott. But <laughs> okay, I'm not too upset that I gave away buttonology. <laughs> <laughs> I want to say Matt will yell at me later, but I think that was a hard word. Was it? Okay, maybe. I think it legitimately is a hard word. As of January 31st, it was not uh, full, uh, but Sherry was saying something about we may move it to a bigger room if need be. It's deserving of your attention. If you're a shop owner and you want to figure a few things out, ask the Brain Trust a whole bunch of questions. Or if you're a technician and uh, you want to actually say, 
You know that thing that's collecting dust in the big bottom drawer? Hmm, I think I should go to that class and learn something. And the other big thing, Tanner, and I think it was you who said it, the power and the value of networking. Let me just say this. If you're sitting next to someone in the class and you don't shake their hand, you don't find out what their name is, where they work, left or right of you, front or back of you, then you're missing the biggest unbelievable opportunity that you could have by going to an event like Vision. And if you go up to these trainers at the end and shake their hand and ask for their business card, they'd be happy to give it to you. And in fact, take a business card with you. Oh, you don't have any? Hmm. Let me see. Go to Office Max and get them made for yourself so that you can get involved in the networking. Here's my Facebook name. Because you will find your career soaring, not only with the training that you're taking, but with all the people. I mean, we are one of the most incredible professions working on computers on wheels. We are all technology or mechanical specialists. We just don't have the respect sometimes that we deserve. And you guys, off the charts that you're going to get together and do this again. Vision is February 29th, March 3rd, 2024. There's all kinds of stuff online. You can still sign up. In fact, I got something from Shuri that said a la carte registration is open. So this is really cool. It's still available. I talked to a person from Las Vegas today on the phone. Big shop owner. Didn't know about vision. Looked it up while we were online. And he says, I got to go to this thing. It's a two and a half hour drive. Thank you for doing this event again. No doubt you're going to change lives and help people get better at what they do. And thanks for coming on the podcast. And uh, you guys are always welcome. It was great. Tanner Brandt, Autodiad Clinic, Mobile Technology Specialist. Justin Morgan, LMV Bavarian Technical Support Trainer and AES Wave Ambassador. And from the Drivability Guys, the man with all the, you know, $40,000 worth of tools in the back seat, Scott Shotton. You got the wrong guy there. <laughs> and the person who put all this together for us. Uh, thank you for doing that again this year, Scott. Thanks for being on the show, guys. Not a problem, Carm. Thank you very much. Thanks for having us. Thanks. Thanks for being on board to listen and learn from the premier automotive aftermarket podcast. Until next time.